and welcome to the Bucket Lister Podcast. Join your host, Keith Crockford, along with special guests who have traveled the world, here to share stories of their adventures and plenty of inspo to add to your bucket list. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Bucket Lister Podcast. Before I start the podcast, um, I just wanted to tell you the good news, and that was when we recorded last week's podcast, we were discussing that that evening we were going to the British Travel Awards and we actually won. So we won Best Adventure Travel Company at the British Travel Awards, which is amazing news for such a young company to win that award. So we are super pleased with that. So thank you ever so much to everybody who voted for us. Another thing today is I must apologise because I do have a little bit of a cold today. And um, you might hear that in the recording, and I'm ever so sorry, but there's not a great deal I can do about it, but I feel okay. Right, on to today's episode, and today's episode is a little bit different to previous episodes, in that I've been asked to answer um, questions on the podcast, so common questions that we get asked in the office. Um, so I put out to a few of our bucket listers and said to them, ask them to send me in some questions. And I'm going to do these every now and again, just to to come up, to cover off some of the topics that people want to know about. Um, so today, unfortunately, you have just got my voice on this podcast. And um, I could have got somebody along to ask me the, the, the 10 questions that I've got to answer today. But I thought that was pretty pointless to get them in. So I thought I'll just ask the question and then I'll answer it. So let's get on with today's episode. So the first question I've got today is, which trip should I start with? And I suppose that, that question really depends on what, what it is you're looking for from your bucket list trip. trip. Um, and in terms of the bucket list company, we've kind of got two types of trips. We've got our trekking trips, which is what we originally started out with. And then we've also got our kind of best of range as well, which is kind of, they incorporate less of the, the long distance trekking, I suppose. Now, if I was to say which one to start with, if you were looking at doing a trekking trip then I would say probably a Mount Tupcal or a Sahara Desert trek depending on whether or not you wanted to go to altitude. Uh, Mount Tupcal has a an altitude of nearly 4,200 meters whereas the Sahara Desert trek has no altitude at all so if you want to go and see amazing scenery um if you want to go in find out how the berber people lived if you want to trek across the sahara then that is a great trip to go and start with um if you uh, aspire to go and do something like kilimanjaro or everest base camp and you want to test your body to see how well it copes with being at altitude then i would say a great trip to start with then would be mount tupcal um so kind of those would be my my recommendations from a, a trekking trip perspective. If you were wanting to go and do, <coughs> excuse me, if you were wanting to go and do a best of trip, then again, 
Um, Morocco's a great option. Um, or the best of Nepal. There's still a trek on that one, but a, a very short kind of three-day trek. Obviously, we've also got trips like if you wanted to learn to scuba dive, then the Gozo scuba diving trip is amazing and you come away as a certified qualified diver. Um, the whitewater rafting trip in Morocco is is unbelievable. Like the scenery that you get to see on that trip is, is just stunning. Um, so kind of those would be my recommendations if I was thinking about, you know, which should be your first bucket list trip. Okay, so moving on to the second question. Which route should I do on Kilimanjaro? There are seven main routes on Kilimanjaro and currently we only offer two of them. Um, we do the Lamosho route and we do the Marangu route. Um, one of the most popular routes for Kilimanjaro is the Machame route. Um, we don't do that one tending because it is it is very popular um, and sometimes quite crowded. So we kind of stay away from that one really. But the Marangu route is the only one that you stay in huts. Um, so for quite a lot of our clients, that is an appeal. Like you're not camping in a tent. If that's something that you've not done before in living out of a tent, then the Marangu route works really well. Um, the Lamosho route has a very good altitude profile um, for success, whereas the Marangu route, you kind of climb a little bit higher each day. Um, but in 2022, um, we've run six trips to Kilimanjaro and we've when I worked out the other day we've got a we had a 97% success rate to the summit of Kilimanjaro this year so we take our time we do it right um, so you shouldn't have any issues on, on either of those routes really so from from my perspective I really like the Marangu route um, staying in the huts having the dining halls if going camping and doing those sorts of trips is something that you are not used to doing then you still have a few home comforts with with the Marangu route so that is one that potentially I would I would seriously consider looking at and likewise if you are fine in tents and you don't mind all of that and you're quite happy in a toilet tent then the Lamosho route is is a great one as well so kind of those would be the two that that I select, which is kind of why at the Bucket List Company, those are the two routes that we offer. When is the best time to climb Mount Tupcal is, is the third question that, that I've been asked to answer today. Um, so Mount Tupcal can be climbed all year um, and we run our winter trip in February. And as you would imagine on a winter trip, you would expect for there to be some snow. And that's kind of what, what we are hoping. Um, the snow kind of starts from towards the end of October um, and will hopefully be gone by kind of March, early April. So if you want to stay away from the snow, then kind of middle of April, through to the end of October are your prime times of, of climbing Mount Tupcal. I would always avoid climbing it 
in July, August, early September, purely because of the heat. And that would be the heat in on the climb itself, but also when you arrive in Marrakesh and just the heat around around Marrakesh. So for me, the best times to climb Mount Tupcow would be from between middle of April through to the beginning of June and then kind of from the end of September to the end of October. And that's kind of when we offer our standard Mount Tupcow trek. Um, and like I say, we do do a winter one in January, February as well. But again, on that one, we are expecting to go out and have to use an ice axe and, and wear crampons as well. So depending on what you want to achieve at your climb, those are then the best times to go and do it. Next question. How hard is the Everest Base Camp Trek? Well, I think if you are generally fit, then the Everest Base Camp Trek is not difficult and achievable by the majority of people. And the thing with the Everest Base Camp Trek is there is a lot of up and there is a lot of down all the way up and all the way back. It's not kind of the same as a Kilimanjaro trek where you are climbing up all the way, you get to the summit, turn around, and then you're downhill all the way back. There is a lot of up and down on the trek. So that you need to take that into consideration. Distances each day, 8 to 12 kilometres um, walking, so it's not over strenuous from a, a distance perspective um, on a few days there are quite some tough uphill sections which will test you um, but if you've trained properly for it then there is no problem with with an Everest base camp trek and like I say anybody should be able to achieve it if you've kind of done some training before you go and what I mean by training is that you've done multi-day treks wearing a rucksack on your back so you are preparing for it. A lot of people, when they think about training for a, a, a multi-day trek, is they don't do the multi-day trekking as part of their training. And actually, we could all go out and walk 12 kilometers in a day. That wouldn't be a problem. The issue being is, is that you need to go out on day two and walk another 10 kilometers. And on day three, you need to go out and walk another 12 kilometers, etc., etc. So if you could incorporate that in your training before you go, then you will not have a problem on, on the Everest Base Camp Trek. Now, obviously, you are at altitude. Um... And that is, it can affect you. Um, I would say, you know, the word altitude sickness gets battered around quite a lot. Um, but I generally think the majority of people through testing on the way up have effects of being at altitude. They don't have altitude sickness. Um, and again, we walk nice and slow. You know, you like I say, you will feel some effects, but there's not a reason for you to turn around and have to come back down again. So in terms of how hard is it, it is it is tough, but only in terms of it being a multi-day trek. 
um, and the conditions that you are in. You know, you are away from your home comforts. Um, the actual trekking itself, I don't think, is that difficult and I think can be obtained by the majority of people, like I say, with a little bit of trekking. So you shouldn't have a problem with it if Everest Base Camp is on your bucket list. Um, and then the next question is moving on from that is when is the best time to trek to Everest Base Camp? Well, in terms of Everest and that side of the Kumbu region, they you have two seasons to, to go there. Um, you've got from kind of March through till May, and then you've got from late early to late September through to early November are kind of the two main seasons to go to the Himalayas in Nepal. So at that point, um, th those are your two options. Um, is one better than the other? Um, I would say that the early the spring season is when Everest gets climbed a lot more so if you wanted to go and see um Everest base camp in its full glory set up like a a small town then that is the time to go and the autumn season Everest base camp itself is a lot quieter with action from people climbing Everest so depending on what you want to see and how busy you want it then those are the, the two seasons. Obviously, you have the monsoon rain season in um, from July, August. Um, so that means in the autumn season that everything is very green because they've had a lot of rain. Um, so again, there's a lot more flower and fauna to see in the latter part of uh, in the autumn season. So again, if you want it quieter, then I would suggest the autumn season. If you want to go and see Everest Base Camp bustling, then I would go in the spring season. How fit do you need to be for Kilimanjaro is a question we get asked quite a lot. And Kilimanjaro itself, again, <coughs> excuse me, like Everest Base Camp, is not a difficult trek. Um, the difficult part comes on summit night and that is the one time that will really test you. Um, again, if you've done some multi-day trekking within your training, um, if you can go and run 5k, if you can trek day after day with a rucksack on your back, then you will be able to do Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro itself is I would say 40% physical and 60% mental to get to the top. Um, it completely sets things apart from other treks because we are getting you up at 11pm to start the trek to summit for 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. You are walking through the night. So I would say you need to be mentally prepared for Kilimanjaro probably more so than you need to be physically prepared but again I don't think there's any reason why anybody can't go and climb Kilimanjaro um, I think if you've done a little bit of training beforehand if you are in good physical shape if you go into the the trek well hydrated um, if you go into the trek well slept 
you know, if you are ready for it and you are mentally prepared, then there should be no reason why you cannot go and climb Kilimanjaro itself. Question I got asked the other day actually was, I've climbed Kili and I've done EBC, but what is next for me? Um, and my advice on that one's kind of changed a bit recently because I always used to say Mount Elbrus in Russia was a was a great option for next, but obviously at the minute that is out of our hands. Um, so the other options you've got are kind of potentially to head back to the Himalaya if you want to go and do a another altitude trek if you want to go higher again. Um, and two of the two of the most popular ones for next steps are Island Peak and Mira Peak, um, both of which are over six thousand meters. Mira Peak is higher than Island Peak, but I would say Mira Peak is probably an easier climb um, than than Island Peak in terms of the final push for the summit. Whereas Mira Peak is classed as the highest trekking peak in the Himalaya. Whereas Island Peak, you need a little bit more technical skill to go and summit that one than you do for Mira Peak. So I would say those are your two next options um, if you were going wanting to go and climb um, a 6,000 meter peak. So, <coughs> excuse me, have a look at Island Peak and have a look at Mira Peak. And I'll put links to both of those um, trips in the notes. And I also, the other day, wrote an article actually on which is harder, Island Peak or Mira Peak. And again, I'll add that into the show notes um, as well because it just kind of goes into a bit more detail than I could do a whole episode on that here, which. I've got Gareth, one of our guides, coming on in a few weeks' time to give us a... Um, who's done both Island Peak and Mira Peak this year. So I thought it'd be really good to get to get him on the, the podcast and actually look at that into more detail. Another question is, how much money should I spend on kit? And obviously, that's always a really difficult one. And, you know, we provide a kit list out to customers and you know we don't put specifics on there but obviously you know if you're going to go and buy a pair of walking boots you can buy a pair of walking boots for 50 pounds or you could buy a pair of walking boots for 500 pounds and we don't want to tell people what what they need to buy buy cheap buy twice you know so if you buy something and you know it's of cheap quality it's going to last you not that long and then you're going to need to throw it away um, I go down the other route of buying quality first and it lasting a very long time. Now, I am doing these trips all of the time. Like, my kit needs to last me. But if you're only going to go and do this trip once and this is one thing that you're going to tick off, you've decided you want to do Everest Base Camp or you decide you want to do Kilimanjaro and that's going to be it for your adventure trekking travel, then actually, I wouldn't go and spend very much money or I would actually go and hire the kit rather than buying it because at least then you still get really good kit to go and do your trek with because the last thing you want is for something to go and break whilst you're on the whilst you're on the trip um like i've had it so many times before where someone's gone and bought a cheap duffel bag from from a a, a high street retailer we will not name um and on day two on kilimanjaro the zip is broke 
and were having to duct tape his duffel bag to up the top of the mountain. Um, so I think, you know, you need to go in with a mid-range view of, of what to spend on your kit. Um, but like I say, if you are never going to use it again, then see if you can borrow it or go and hire it and then you can give it back afterwards. And at least at that point, you are getting really, really good kit. Um, next question then is what new trips are coming from the bucket list company? Well, um, we are launching a lot of new trips in 2023 and actually i'm sat here now recording this bod podcast in istanbul because i've just been out for the last week looking at a, a new trip that's going to be launching soon um we were at the world travel market in london a few weeks ago um a few of the team went up to there met some um some new companies looked at new trips and there are we've got some really exciting new trips coming um within 2023 2024 so things like costa rica things like um sri lanka madagascar indonesia malaysia um yeah the the list can kind of go on and, and we are looking like i say at adding lots of new trips and things might change a little bit um towards the middle of of 2023 for the bucket list company but we'll keep you more informed with that as we go so keep your eyes out for new trips but like i say there are quite a lot of new trips coming and of course we have just launched our vietnam cambodia trip as well that launched um last week so we've had some that's that started to pick up momentum and we've had quite a few bookings for that first one and we're, we're really excited to launch the, the first one of those trips as well so if you haven't checked out the vietnam cambodia trip then go and check that one out as well and then the final question for today's podcast then is what was my favorite trip of 2022 and which am i looking forward to in 2023 well always a hard trip so a uh, hard question, which was my favourite trip of 2022. Um, and I've done a lot of trips in 2022. I've done Kilimanjaro, I've done Everest Base Camp, I've done Machu Picchu, um, I've done the Sahara Trek, I've done Mount Tupcal. So I've pretty much ticked off most of our most of our trips in 2022. But I think if I was to look back at my favourite trip of 2022, which in 2022 was a weird year because obviously it was the year we came back into traveling again after not really traveling since 2019 i mean in 2021 we did manage to get a few trips away we did a lot of like gozo white water uh, gozo scuba diving trips um and we ran a couple of tube cow trips in 2021 but of course we were still pretty shut down then so um 2022 was the year that actually we managed to get out and run all of our trips again but if I was to look at which was my favourite in 2022, I'd probably say the Lares trek to Machu Picchu back in May would have been my favourite trip of 2022. Um, it was so lovely going back to to Nepal, uh, to Peru again, and I mean it was it was lovely going back everywhere. It was so nice to go back and see everyone in Nepal. It was so nice to go back to Tanzania and see all the guides in Tanzania. So that's a really difficult question. But for 2023, which am I most looking forward to? I could answer that one really easily, and that is going to Chile and Easter Island for our first ever 
Chile and Easter Island trip right at the start of 2023. That is the one that I'm most looking forward to. Um, and I can't wait to go back out there. It was 2019 that I was last in Easter Island. And yeah, I'm, I'm super looking forward to going back to, to Chile and Easter Island. So anyway, that's my questions finished today. If you've got a question that you would like me to answer on the podcast, then please do email it into us. Um, likewise, if you've got any ideas for topics you would like covered on the podcast, then we would be super interested in hearing from you because you know we want to put out there what you guys want to listen to. So like I said, if you've got any questions, got any ideas, please email in and we will get them sorted. Well, thanks ever so much for listening to today's podcast. I know it's been a little bit different one and we will put one of these in every now and again just to go through and answer some of the topic questions that that people are asking us. So anyway, again, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bucket Lister Podcast. Be sure to click follow to be alerted for next week's episode. For more travel inspiration, check us out at www.thebucketlistcompany.co.uk or follow us on socials. See you next time.